You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Parsha Review Podcast. Welcome back, my dear friends, to the weekly Parsha Review. This week's Parsha is Parsha's Mas'e. It is the 10th and final portion in the book of Bamidbar, in the book of Numbers, and the 43rd portion since the beginning of the Torah. There are only 11 more portions till the end of the Torah. 132 verses in this week's Parsha, 1,840 words, and 7,055 letters. There are five mitzvahs in this week's Parsha, three performative and two prohibitions. So this week's Parsha begins with the travels of the Jewish people. It begins with a history. It's been almost 40 years since the Jewish people began their journey from Egypt all the way to the eastern side of the Jordan River, and now all the 42 encampments are listed. I listed them here. I wrote them down from this week's parish of 42, as you can see, from Ramses to Sukkos to Esom to Piachiros, to Mara to Elim to Yamsuf, to Midbar Sin, to Dovka, to Alush, to Rafidim, to Midbar Sinai, to Kivros Hatava, to Chatseros, to Risma, to Rimon Paretz, to Livna, to Risa, to Kehelasa, to Harshafer, to Harada, to Makhelos, to Tachas, to Sorach, to Miska, to Chashmona, to Moseros, to Bnei Ya'akan, to Chor HaGidgad, to Yotvata, to Avrona, to Etzion Gaver, to Kadesh, to Hor HaHar, where Arna Korin died, to Tsalmona, to Punon, to Ovos, and to Iye HaAvarim, to Divon Gad, to Almon Divlo Soyama, and to Haravarim, and now they are in Aravos Moaf. And the Torah in this week's Parsha mentions multiple times that they were on the Jor- in the Jordan opposite Jericho opposite Jericho. So what are the rules of engagement? Hashem tells the Jewish people, when you go and conquer your land, the promised land that I have given to you, Hashem, who is the creator of heaven and earth, decides who gets the land. Hashem decides who will receive the inheritance of the land. Hashem says, this is your land. Hashem guides Moshe on how to conquer the land of Israel. Number one, drive out the Canaanite inhabitants. Number two, demolish and destroy every vestige of their idolatry, their images, their statues, and all negative influences. And number three, possess and settle in your land that I have given to you. Hashem warns the Jewish people that if they fail to completely rid the land of the Canaanites, those who will remain will be pins in your eyes and thorns in your side. Then Hashem talks about the land. Hashem outlines the exact boundaries of the land of Israel. Hashem declares who the new leaders are are that will take over and conquer the promised land, Elazar, the Kohen, Yoshua, and one new leader from each tribe. Hashem instructs Moshe to command the tribes to set aside 48 cities for the Levites who aren't receiving any inheritance of the land, as we mentioned previously. Additionally, six cities must be set aside as cities of refuge. We mentioned this in Parashas Matos. For a killer who takes a life unintentionally to flee from the avenger until judgment. He is only set free once the Kohen Gadol dies, the high priest, once the high priest dies, all the people, all the residents of the the prisoners of the cities of refuge would be set free. And that would be an atonement for their sins that would let them free. Three cities are to be designated in the land of Israel as cities of refuge and three on the other side of the Jordan. The laws of punishment for intentional murderers are detailed. The laws of witnesses are detailed. 
So only Alpishtaim Edim Yakum Davar, only two witnesses can suffice in court for any case of murder. You can't put someone to death. O.J. Simpson in Jewish court wouldn't even be listened to. They wouldn't even listen to that case because you don't have witnesses. You need to have two witnesses in order to put someone to death for murder. The question arises regarding the inheritance of the daughters of Tzlavchad. If they marry someone out of their father's tribe, do they keep their inheritance or do they lose it to their tribe and now receive it from their husband's land? As a result, Moshe instructs that everyone must marry from their own tribe and so each tribe will maintain their inheritance. Indeed, the five daughters of Tzlavchad all married members of their own tribe of Menashe and their inheritance stayed within their tribe. This concludes the book of Bamidbar, the Chumash of Bamidbar, and the book of Numbers. Chazak, chazak, v'nit chazek. Hashem should bless us, that we should merit to continue to learn His Torah, to continue to review again and again and again many more times the teachings, the writings of our Holy Torah. So now let's talk about some of the important lessons that we can derive from this week's parsha. Why is it important to dedicate 50 verses detailing the journey of the Jewish people. They went from here, they went to there, they went from here, they went to there, they went from here, they went to there. Why is it so important? So number one is we have to understand that the Torah is not a history book. The Torah doesn't just tell us stories. We need to learn from our mistakes. In each one of those places, there is, oh, you remember we did that? Yeah, we kind of messed up over there. We kind of made a mistake over there. Remember we sent the spies when we were residing in that land. You remember when we complained about the water over there? Each memory brings back a reminder of the mistakes that we made in those lands, in those in those places, in those times. It's important for us to realize that the, the, the Torah is not about stories. There's another part of this, is not only to recognize our mistakes and to learn from them, but to appreciate the incredible miracles. Appreciate the miracles. Recognize the unbelievable gifts that Hashem has given us through all of those 42 encampments. The entire Jewish people, you're talking about millions of people, are traveling through the desert. How do they have food? Last I checked, you don't have vegetation in the desert. 40 years they're traveling. They don't have, they're wandering. They don't have supermarkets. What do they have? They have the miracles from Hashem. They have the gifts of the manna. Recognize how Hashem took care of you. Remember this, that when we read through the Torah portion, it's not just, oh, he went from here, they went to there, they went from here, they went to there. No. In each one of those places, the incredible miracles that the Jewish people experienced where they had the clouds of glory protecting them from the nations. They had the clouds of glory protecting them from their enemies. They had the clouds of glory protecting them from the elements, from the animals. You know you know how hot the sand is in the desert? Burn your feet on it. They didn't. It says that there was a cloud beneath them as well. When we recall all of these incredible miracles, we remember all of the places we went to, it'll hopefully bring within us a recognition of how much Hashem loves us. There's another thing. Is that you ever had a story, someone, a family member, a parent, a child, 
who goes through some experience. They were stuck at an airport and they had this. And you're telling over to your friends the story, the details. And you go into every single detail. Oh, and then they did this and then they did that and then they had this and then they had that. Why? why, Who needs all the details? Just say, you know, my son had a great experience. No, you have to understand because there's so much love. We cherish them so much. We want to talk about every single little micro detail of their experience. We are Hashem's children. And as Hashem's children, Hashem loves us so much. He wants every single detail. Not just, oh, they left Egypt and now they're on the east of the Jordan. No, 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 no. Every single place they stopped is precious to Hashem because Hashem loves us. And just like a father and a mother want every single detail of their child's life they want to know about, they want to hear about, they want to feel with them, they want to experience with them, Hashem writes it here in our Torah as well so that we can recognize how great our relationship is. Another very, 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 very important thing here is that many people think that life is about the destination. It's about attaining success. That is such a huge mistake. It is nothing to do about the destination. Everything in Judaism is about the journey. It's all about the journey. We don't see any focus in the Torah about the Jewish people enjoying the land of Israel. The entire Torah is writing about the journey of the Jewish people. It starts from creation and Adam, and then we have the, the slavery in Egypt, the exile, and then we have the exodus, then we have the journey in the lands, in all the 42 encampments. But we don't see anything that the Jewish people actually attained their destination. What's the purpose of it? Well, Hashem promises to Avram, to Yitzchak, to Yaakov, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you're going to get the land, your children will have the land. But nowhere in the Torah do the Jewish people actually possess the land. The Torah is telling us something here. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Each one of us are facing our challenges. That's why you're living. You're living for those challenges. Those challenges are life. Oh, I have so many troubles. Guess what? That's life. Look at the Jewish people. Look at our journey. You don't see them sitting on a beach chair near the uh, Mediterranean, vacationing by the Sea of Galilee, enjoying. No, it's about the struggle. That's what life is. And you know what? If you have a challenge in your life, whatever it may be, that is life. Don't quetch and complain to people, oh, so many challenges. (laughs) You're living. That's life. Hashem wants us to recognize it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And that's another reason Hashem details 50 verses dedicated to the travels of the Jewish people. Remember, it's about the journey. Okay, so now the Jewish people are going to enter the land of Israel. It's important for us to know something. Remove the evil from your midst. We have influences all around us, whether it be on television, whether it be in movies, whether it be on the internet, whether it be on advertisements, whether it be in magazines, whether it be in 
any form of media, even from people we talk to, friends and neighbors, they're all influences. And influences can harm us if they're negative. So what's the problem? Why don't we just be nice to our neighbors? When we go into the land of Israel, say, listen, this is our promised land, but it's okay. We can be neighbors. Let's just all get along. No, 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 no. You have to remove the influences of negativity. You need to go and get rid of them. Either they leave or you kill them. It's important for us to realize this with ourselves no matter how old we are. You know, I don't believe in all of these ratings that they have for uh, a show, a movie, whatever it may be that they put these ratings. If it's not good for your children, it's not good for you. If you don't allow your children to see certain content, why should you allow yourself to watch that content? Is your soul any less pure? Is it any less valuable because you're 20 years old? Because you're 50 years old? Your precious neshama is just as holy. It's just as delicate. And we should preserve it and maintain its holiness and protect it. And that's what we learn from Hashem telling us these are the rules of engagement. When you go and you see these idolaters in the land of Israel, destroy all remnants of their idolatry. All influences. Knock it out. All right. Hashem hates idolatry. Hashem hates when there is something that takes us away from our purpose in this world. So we're living in a world today of political correctness and you have so many people, sadly, so many people of our brothers and sisters who have become self-hating anti-Israel activists. This is tragic. Don't apologize for the land of Israel. The land of Israel does not belong to the Palestinians. I hate to say this, my dear brothers and sisters. It doesn't belong to them. The land of Israel doesn't belong to the UN and it doesn't belong to the pacifists in the US government. The land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people. From the very first verse in the Torah, it says, why does Hashem need to tell us about creation? Why does it need to say, in the beginning God created? Because if God created, God decides who gets what. And God decided that the Jewish people get the land of Israel. The problem is that if, God forbid, there are people among us who don't believe in the Torah, that's where we have a problem. It's not that they don't like the land of Israel. It's not that they want to appease the Palestinians. They sadly don't believe in the Torah. And that's the tragedy here. You cannot believe in the Torah, the Torah that was given to us at Mount Sinai, and not understand that the common thread through the entire Torah is that the Jewish people inherit the land of Israel. Why? Because the creator of heaven and earth said so. Don't apologize for the land of Israel. It belongs to us. It's our homeland. And in the time of Messiah, which will hopefully come speedily in our day, 
Mashiach is going to kick them out. Yes, he'll kick them out of Janin and out of Ramallah and out of Gaza. And all of the land of Israel will belong to the land of Israel, to the people of Israel. We cannot apologize for our existence on the land of Israel. It's ours. All right, so we mentioned in last week's Torah portion about the three cities of refuge that were caring for the errors and mistakes of two and a half tribes on the other side of the Jordan. And then you have three cities of refuge in the land of Israel. In last week's Torah portion, we shared an idea because you need to have a father at home. It's important to have a positive influence, to have an anchor to each child. And because God and Reuven and half of the tribe of Manasseh went to fight with the people of Israel in conquering the land, they were away from their children for an extended period of time. And therefore, those children had a little bit of a challenge in the way they lived their lives. And they needed more cities of refuge there. But there's another reason. There's a consequence to living outside of the land of Israel. The land of Israel is holy. The land of Israel is pure. The land of Israel protects. It's very, very powerful. So when they live outside of the land of Israel, we have to recognize that it is an influence. When we live outside of the land of Israel, there's an influence. When we live inside the land of Israel, there is a protection. Okay, another thing is that we see that the people who were in the city of refuge, the refugees, so to speak, those who did crimes that warranted them to be in the city of refuge, it says that they would go out free once the high priest would die. So our sages tell us in the Talmud that the mothers of the high priests would go and feed those in the city of refuge and the mothers would give them clothes, and the mothers would take care of them. Why? So that they not pray that their son, the high priest, should die. Because what would someone who's sitting in the city of refuge wants to go back home and be with his family? They don't want to be in prison forever. He said, Hashem, if the only way for me to get out is with the Kohen Gadol dying, let me pray for the Kohen Gadol to die. So the mothers didn't want that, and therefore they would shower these prisoners with all the good things so that they won't want to pray for their son to die. But we can ask a very important question. Are you kidding me? Who are these guys praying? These are the prisoners. You think we're concerned about prisoners, the low lives, so to speak, praying? Their prayers, like they're going to mean something to God? Sages tell us yes. Their prayers have tremendous power as well. Every single person has an incredible power of prayer. And one should never think, me? Why would Hashem want to listen to my prayers? Yes, it doesn't make a difference what sin a person may have done. It doesn't make a difference how low, how down they may be about their spiritual state. Hashem wants to hear your prayers. Your prayers have power. Even the prisoner, even the sinner, your prayers have tremendous power. The person should never, ever say, oh, Hashem doesn't want to hear from me. I've heard, people have told me this. Me? You think God wants to hear from me? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I eat? Do you know where I go? Do you know how I do business? God doesn't want to hear from me. Yes, he does. 
these people were prisoners because of murder. And Hashem wanted to hear their prayers as well. And the mothers of the Kohen Gadol didn't say, oh, those lowlifes, what's their prayers going to be worth? No, no, no. They're powerful too. We have to recognize this every single day of our lives. And then finally, the prohibition of inter-tribal marriage. We need to know that it was only for that generation who occupied the land so that there shouldn't be confusion in the inheritance. It wasn't that, you know, today a Kohen can marry a non-Kohen, a Levite can marry a non-Levite. Today we can have, but at that during that period of time when they were about to inherit the land so that there not be that confusion of the inheritance, that's why there was that commandment. But today we have to ensure that the people we we marry are the people that are right for us. Marriage is a journey. Marriage is a workshop in character development. And as we see in this week's parsha, Moshe says they should marry those that are fit for them. It has to be, you know, this whole idea of arranged marriages is a nonsense from the movies, from Fiddler on the Roof. You don't just get assigned someone that you're married to. You need to approve it. It needs to be, there needs to be a chemistry. There needs to be a, an attraction. We can talk about this more. I mentioned this, uh, I, I had this episode with Rabbi Nagel and the Unboxing Judaism podcast, uh, Arranged Marriages. It's important for us to understand that marriage is not just attraction. It's not just infatuation. It's far greater than that. My dear friends, have an amazing Shabbos and don't forget, learn the Torah inside. Read it. If not in Hebrew and not in Aramaic, read it in English. Enjoy it. It's a living Torah. It's our guide for living. Additionally, my dear friends, Mazel Tov on the conclusion of the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers. Next week, we will continue with the beginning of the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim. Have a great Shabbos, my dear friends.